everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Duminal Crossing. How are you, Doom? Thanks for filling in last week for me, bud. Hey, no problem. Uh, unfortunately, we still don't have the band back together, uh, Dak, I <laughs> this believe. This is insane. <laughs> it's insane. It's been like two months. Somebody actually messaged me on, on Twitter. They're like, what happened to Dak? And I was like, well, the guy has been tra- like he. I feel like he's been out of town every weekend. Like He's out of town this weekend in Toronto. And um, for th- for those of you that don't know, I had a, a death in the family last week, which is why I couldn't be here. And uh, that was going to be the week where we were we were talking. We we're like, yeah, we're finally all back together. Woohoo. And uh, we were going to make this week the week where we're all back together. But I I have the the funeral tomorrow night and on Tuesday. So that that couldn't happen. And uh, next week, Dak is out of town. And then for the next two weeks, I'm in Chicago. So who, who knows when we're all getting back. The universe is conspiring to keep Dak and I apart. I literally don't think we've podcasted together in like two months. I'm telling you, that's why we haven't got the uh, the Metroid announcements yet. Once we get back together, like Nintendo's going to be like, all right, the boys are back in town. Let's do it. Let's go full hog. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about that before we started, actually. And like, I was like, good Lord, like this is... Uh, you know, I, maybe it's just the day that we record, but, uh, like for me, like weekends are my go-to time to record and then we can release it on Tuesdays. Um, but yeah, so, something just hasn't been jiving with everybody's schedules, but, uh, it's a good thing that we got, uh, how we got you around doom, our, our utility player, if you will. Well, at least for the summer, once, uh, once we hit the end of August, then weekends are going to be, once again, very difficult for me to get some free time in. But, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yes, we absolutely will. Um, and yeah, we're going to have a, uh, a good show today. We got uh, a few topics to, to kick around, um, including a, a mini review of a mini direct. And then we're going to jump back into Samus's Percentages, which was a big hit for... Uh, for this podcast, we did uh, big numbers on that show. Obviously, people like the format, so we're going to be um, going back to that this week. Um, but actually, before anything, before we even talk about anything else, I, I want to throw out there something, Doom. I have been playing this Metroidvania called Ender Lilies on Nintendo Switch. This game is awesome. It's like really, really fun. And, uh, I'd heard some good things about it, and I picked it up. It, it was on sale, and it still might be on sale, actually, right now. Um, but I picked it up. Great, great Metroidvania. Probably more Vania than Metroid, but uh, if anyone is looking for something to, uh, you know, scratch that itch, um, Ender Lilies, really fun. Uh, maybe we'll do an Inspired by Metroid on it, and we can talk about it in depth in the future at some point. Yeah, I never heard... I was about to say, I've never heard about this game until you uh, brought it up in the Discord. Can you uh, tell, like, a little more about what the game is? Because I've never even seen a screenshot of this before, so all I have is, you know, the game title to really go off of. Um, yeah, so it's kind of Castlevania-esque in terms of its presentation. Um, and, and it's a... I mean, you know, it's it's a solid, fun Metroidvania. Um, the, the general premise is that you are this, um... You're this little girl named Lily, and you have kind of like a guardian spirit around you, and your guardian spirit is actually what does the fighting for you. Imagine, it's almost similar to Ori, actually, where like the uh, the spirit flame is your weapon rather than anything Ori does uh, itself. But So it's kind of like similar to that, and you're in this gothic kind of world that's been ravaged by something called the Blight, 
And, uh, you know, it's, it's just like a really fun, solid Metroidvania, like solid music, solid, um, like it, it's not one of those Metroidvanias that kind of does things the hard way. Like you get fast travel immediately, you get double jump immediately, you get, like just all the things that you kind of want to have, like ready to go, you, you have it like ready to explore right away. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little title. I, I think I'm going to hit hundred percent pretty quick and then I have 20 hours in. So it's actually like a, a meaty little RP like RPG as well. So it's uh it's fun. Okay. Gotcha. And, and uh, you said it was on sale. How much um, was it when you bought it recently? Um, so it was, uh, I want to say like 20 bucks, I think Canadian, something like that. Okay. Um, it's regular 30 bucks. So I, it was about 33% off. So you're probably looking at like 15 bucks. So, you know, much, much worse ways you could kill 20 hours than the... Yeah, that's than not, a, really not a bad way to spend $15. I actually, um, I just bought uh, a Plague Tale Innocence on sale recently uh, on the Xbox store, so I might be uh, playing through that very soon, but I still have a mountain of backlog, including some other uh, big Metroidvania titles, uh, such as Hollow Knight, which I'm doing my first playthrough on. I'm going to start streaming that soon because I really enjoyed what I've done so far and I was like, you know what? This is going to make a really good streaming game, so I want to invite everyone else into that once I uh, start doing that as well. So, look forward to that yeah, in the future. Be fun. Oh, dude. I streamed Twilight Princess for six <laughs> hours yesterday. I saw that tweet and I could just, I could feel the rage coming off of your tweet just typing that out. Oh my god. It was miserable. It was so awful, but uh, let's not talk about that. Um, okay, one last thing that I wanted to bring up before we get to this uh, this partner mini direct. Um, I had asked the boys to mention it last week, and luckily they told me they were going to mention it anyways. But I just wanted to echo um, what they said last week. We had some political stuff going on in the world. We put out a tweet that said that we stand with women and we stand with their right to choose. And there were some people not happy with that tweet. And my message to you is this. If you think differently, if you don't agree with that, I recommend you find another Metroid podcast to listen to. Yeah, I echo those sentiments as well. I mean, and it's not the first time we've done that. I mean, we've, you know, I mean, we did a whole fundraiser dedicated to trans rights, you know, in the early days of the podcast before I was on, you know, you both talked about the importance of the BLM movement, which, you know, I also agree with as yeah. well. And, you know, we're not going to stay silent on these issues because, you know, as much as we love Metroid, I mean, it's fairly insignificant compared to these real world issues. And, you know, it's important, you know, to let people know that, you know, we're going to stand by them no matter what. Yeah. And I, I said the same thing on the Zelda cast last week. Um, and I had some people message me and, uh, you know, not happy. And I, I just I just don't care. You know, go, go find another podcast to listen to. I'm sorry. You know, but I'm just, I'm not going to argue with, with people about it anymore. And to be, and to be um, fair. I just wanted to echo that. And, and to be fair, like 99.9% .9 of the response was like positive. It's a very, yes. very small fraction of people that were butthurt about it. But you know, I mean, hey, if you don't like it, the unsubscribe button is right there. We are unequivocally pro-choice here at Omega Metroid, and that includes the choice to listen to our podcast. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, okay, so I just wanted to echo that just uh, because I did not get a chance to say that last week, and I got a chance to say that last week on the ZeldaCast, but I wanted to make it loud and clear and known on this show. Okay, that being said, let's talk about some video games because that's uh, that's what we're here for. Um, I like I don't want to spend a ton of time on this partner direct because I, you know, I don't really have a lot to say about the partner direct. It's it's not what I think any of us wanted. Um, I think that what 
it's it's kind of funny. Maybe I'm just uh, maybe I'm influenced because I'm such a big Zelda and Metroid fan. But I feel like what everybody's really wanting is like the lid b- blown off of Breath of the Wild two. I think that's clearly going to be the focus of the next big Nintendo Direct, which we would have thought was coming. You know, this June, maybe this July, maybe it's not coming at all. I don't know. Um, but I also think that, like, a- another big thing that people are looking forward to is, like, the will-they-won't-they they rumor about Metroid Prime HD. Um, you know, I know that we had some sources say that it's coming, it's not coming, and we... Y- you and I kind of disagree about the uh, the track record of, of the leaker, but, uh, I-, I mean, I think the smart money would say that, like, Metroid Prime is coming eventually at some point, so... I think there there's these two games, and they just happen to be games in a series, uh, two series that I'm very involved with, and there's just been this dance for, like, forever, and it's like, all right, come on, let's, like, you know, let's poop or get off the pot here, like, what are we doing? So, that being said, like, when it was announced that this was a Nintendo uh, partner showcase, a direct, a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, say that a couple times fast, um, I immediately just wasn't, like, very, I don't know, I wasn't very drawn to it although i think the actual showcase itself ended up pretty good there were some pretty good game announcements involved including um portal coming to switch which i i think is very cool um persona coming as well which i think is long overdue i thought that was going to be like imminent after joker was announced for smash um but yeah there we go we got a, a firm release date for mario and rabbids which is in october I was thinking it would be in August, actually, so that kind of makes me a little bit more iffy about Metroid Prime coming out in October. But uh, you know, there are some other there are some other cool things in here. Um, you know, uh, Mega Man Battle Network Collection I think is going to be cool, but nothing really that caught my eye. Other than that, um, I, I, I did anything really stick out to you? Doom. Actually, well, I know one game did, but anything well, else? Well, I was about to say, we haven't talked about the announcement of the show. So, so first of all, like, you know, I pretty much echoed, like, the same sentiments regarding the Direct last week, so I won't repeat too much of that. Um, but basically, yeah, for a partner showcase, I thought it was pretty solid. Obviously, nothing is going to replace, even a mini general Direct. But, you know, for what it was, I was fine with it, but I am hungry for some first-party Nintendo news, especially in that second half of the year, for sure. But, I mean... You know, we, t- we talked about Portal, you know, we talked about uh, Nier, you know, we talked about Persona. I mean, did anybody really even want Persona on Switch? I've never, I've never heard that before. Nah, nah, nah. But the announcement I, yeah, of the I, show. I did. I, I did. <laughs> Sarcasm. I, I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I want to play Portal. Or I, not Portal. I want to play Persona, but I don't want to play it like that bad. But the announcement of the show, baby. Let's talk about Pac-Man World Repack. Now... I know what you all of all of you are thinking who've never played the PS1 classic. Well, come on, Doom. You know, this just looks like, you know, a standard 3D platformer with a Pac-Man skin. And you know what? You're actually right. It is a pretty fairly standard 3D platformer. But you know what is not a fairly standard 3D platformer is Pac-Man World 2, which is a phenomenal game that still holds up today. And I never thought I would ever see the day where Bandai Namco would ever acknowledge pac-man's platforming legacy but that all changed last week during the uh, mini partner showcase and now i andy i have hope for the first time in over a decade i have hope that maybe just maybe you know between these klonoa remasters and this pac-man world repack collection or this uh singular game i have hope that we might actually get a pac-man world 2 remaster it is actually a possibility now 
And uh, let me tell you, when that happens, oh man, what a day that will be. You, my friend, are the first and maybe only person I've ever seen excited for the 3D Pac-Man games, and I love you for that. Um, maybe one thing, because I didn't get a chance to talk about last week, and I, I actually didn't have a chance to listen to the episode last week yet either, so I don't know if you guys touched on it or not. What do you think about this Breath of the Sonic game, Sonic Frontiers? Like, I'm mixed does on this it. Look, does, does this look horrible, or is it just me? I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, like, a hardcore Sonic fan by any means. You know, I'll casually play, like, a game here and there, and, like, I don't know, it doesn't look like the worst Sonic game ever, but it also doesn't look amazing. It lo- it, it looks like, to me, like, developers like, oh, we gotta do Breath of the Wild, and then they just kind of slap some Sonic elements on it. It doesn't really, um... It, I don't it know. looks it doesn't like a mod for it Breath of the Wild where you play Sonic. It looks like, and I'm not the first person that said this, but, like, some people have said that it reeks of that kind of, those Unreal Engine fan-made demos, the, oh my god, Nintendo, hire this man right now. It looks like one of those kind of videos, but, like, it's an actual game. Yeah, I, I don't know, I'm not, uh, I'm not sold on I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Sonic fan, I can't claim that I particularly enjoy Sonic, but this one just looks like... When I think of, like, the bad Sonic games over the years, like Sonic Colors and Sonic the Werewolf one... What? like Sonic Colors was I'm a good l- game. That was that was a good Sonic game. Oh, oh okay, well, whatever. I, you know the ones I mean. Like, there are some... There have been Sonic some 06. Over the years. <laughs> sure. I just, like... This one, to me, it's just, like... It, it looks like it's carving a legacy that it will be right up there with some of those, uh, you know, infamous Sonic games. I'm gonna so, wait for reviews. Uh, maybe and, not. Maybe not. I'm, I'll wait for reviews and most likely a discount if I ever do decide to play it for sure. Well, uh, well, I guess we'll see because that's coming out this year. So uh, we won't have to wait long to see if that game is good or not. But uh, let's talk about some Metroid because Lord knows that we have nothing to talk about in the world of Metroid right now because they refuse to give us... This Nintendo Direct that either says that Metroid Prime is coming or isn't coming. And I think there's actually a decent chance that Metroid Prime 4 was shown as well in this hypothetical Direct that never happened, um, as as we talked about in our prediction episode. So let's just uh, drink our sorrows away, so to speak, and talk about Metroid Prime 4 and Metroid in general with some Samus's percentages. And uh, the premise here is simple. I will read a statement... And then Doom and I will give a percentage, uh, 100% being absolutely, completely going to happen, 0% being no way, never going to happen ever, about the statement coming true or not coming true. Um, So everybody understands how this works. Doom, are you ready? Let's go. All right. So I, uh, I think that this is a very, very interesting question because and we were debating this in our discord earlier this week and i i was kind of playing devil's advocate here and i think i'm going to do it again so here we go metroid prime 4 will take place directly after metroid prime 3 slash federation force zero percent zero percent and and again we were talking about this in the discord zero percent yeah yeah and And I don't, and here's the thing, I don't think it's impossible for Prime Games afterwards to get out of, you know, the space between Metroids 1 and 2, and I hope it does, because while I understand why it did that originally, so that, you know, the team had more creative freedom to use space pirates and Metroids and stuff like that, 
I think Dude, now. Hold on, hold on. So I just want you. To, I want you to clarify something. So you're saying zero percent that this game will take place after Metroid Prime Three. I think. I think you got that wrong. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. No. No. It will take. It, it's going to take place after. Um. Yeah. It's not going to take place. Okay. Maybe I misheard what you said. Can you repeat the question again? I thought. <laughs> so. So I said. So I'm kind of lumping Metroid Prime Three and Federation Force together. Like th- those games kind of take place to me in the same time frame. So, but the. But my question is, Metroid Prime 4 will take place directly after the events of Federation Force and Metroid Prime 3. Okay, I very much misheard you. Yes, it will take place... Yeah, I, I thought you said Metroid Dread for some reason, or something after the time. No, I'm, no, 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 no. I am, uh, I am stupid and not listening. Uh, yes, it will take place after uh, 3 and Federation Force, but it will not take place after Metroid 2. That is what I meant to say. Apologies for the misunderstanding there. That's okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, uh, 75% that it will take place after corruption and after Federation force, but I'm not going to say hundred percent because I, I think that, and this is my argument in the discord. I think that it's likely, but I don't think that it's impossible that this game takes place somewhere else in the Metroid timeline. Um, at, at this point, like, I heard the argument, and I don't disagree necessarily, that um, Metroid Prime 1 through 3 took place there because, you know, uh, there could still be Metroids, there could still be space pirates, um, and then you you needed Prime 2 and Prime 3 to take place concurrently, or right after, one after the other, because it was the beginning of an end and middle of a story arc. And I agree with that. But I think that that story arc is over now, and I think that they're just calling Metroid Prime 4 metroid prime because metroid prime is the brand like that 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 lets consumers know that this is going to be a first person shooter adventure metroid game um i think that metroid prime is the brand and they're literally just saying like yeah this is the fourth major console metroid prime game so i i don't think that that has any story implications like at all so i think that theoretically this game could take place anywhere you want it to like it could take place after Super in between Fusion. It could take place after Fusion in between, like, before Dread. It could take place before Metroid on NES. Like, I, I think that there is a lot of room and, and gray area where you could have this game take place. I don't know if they're if they're going to be creative enough to do that. It seems easy to me just to, like, say, like, oh, okay, well, Metroid Prime 4 should probably just take place after Metroid Prime 3. And I guess if they're going to bring Silas back, um, they could have Silas, like, I, like, I actually think that that's not really a problem, but I, I guess that you want to have Silex and he's already following Samus at the end of Corruption, so maybe you do just want to have it right there. But I, I do think that there is some some wiggle room in that uh, in that timeline. Or, or there could be some creativity, maybe is a better way to say it. Well, it's absolutely possible, I agree. I just don't think that they're going to go that route. Um, and I, th- I think one of the biggest hurdles is just because, you know, you have two completely different story teams working on both of these um, series. It's not like it's. I kind of wish that there was like one overseer for both the mainline and the prime series, kind of like with Zelda. You know, you have Asia Numa and Shigeru Miyamoto who kind of like oversee everything that's going on. And even then, obviously, you know, that's not a series where, you know, the plots directly influence the other games uh, for the most part, but uh, as it does with Metroid, which is where. which is why I feel like something like that would be really beneficial. And, you know, especially because, you know, you have Sakamoto that's kind of doing their own thing, and then you have um, Tanabe-san who's doing their own thing as well. And um, 
in order to not contradict um, each other's timelines, I feel like they both just prefer to like keep in their own spaces of the universe. And that gap between Metroids 1 and 2 is like where the least significant story threads happen. Once you get to Metroid 2 onwards, there's like big things that will impact every mainline release. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think I'm buying that, though, actually, because um, if, if you went back to the development of Prime 1, you, you might just, you know, you might just say, like, oh, well, this is going to take place at a, you know, a completely unrelated time. It's going to take place at, you know, the end of Super or something like that. And, like, they, they kind of picked, like, an arbitrary time between Metroid 1 and 2, but they made it a completely self-contained story that didn't impact the events of Metroid 2 at all. So, like, I don't think that, like... For example, I think that they could totally do the same thing. And like, you know, we're going to start our game in between Super and Fusion. And we're going to have this story and it's going to be a self, it's going to be a self-contained story, uh, Metroid Prime 4. And uh, it's going to take place in between Super and Fusion. And maybe there's Metroid Prime 4, 5, and 6. And that's like a trilogy that takes place between them. But I think in the same way that Metroid Prime's story was kind of like a self-containing trilogy, they could do the exact same thing with Prime 4, five, six, you know, whatever they decide to do. So I, I see what you're saying, but I, I think that it's like, I think we forget just how arbitrary it was. Like they just picked that time and there didn't seem to be any like rhyme or reason to it. Just they, that's what they picked. So, well, the reason they picked it is because they specifically wanted to use Metroids and space pirates. Cause by the end of super Metroid, you know, most of the main space pirate forces are defeated. Obviously, you know, you have the last Metroid that we knew of at the time, at least that was uh, killed by mother brain and, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. It is arbitrary, but that precedent has now been set and every single Prime, both Mainline and Spinoff, has been put in that gap. And I don't see that changing yet. I could see that maybe changing in the future, but not with Prime 4 with how, you know, much setup there's already been. Um, you know, even if there are only a couple of post credit scenes, I, I feel like it's... Well, I, I mean, technically, we both kind of agree on that. It's just you're giving a little bit more wedge room, I think. I, I think we do. I, I'm just, I'm not ready to say it's impossible. Like, I, I think every single person other than me was like, there's no way, 0% that this game takes place at any other time than after Metroid Prime 3. And I I think that there is a percentage, uh, a, you know, maybe not very high, maybe 25% is even a bit high, but I, I think that there is a chance. That it does. I, I am not a gambling man, but I would bet a lot of money that it will absolutely take place uh, after Federation Force, but not before Metroid 2. And that's pretty much all I got to say on that. All right. Well, let's uh, let's stick with Metroid Prime 4 and talk about some gameplay elements rather than story elements. Here we go. Metroid Prime 4 will have more than four visors and four beams for the players to cycle through. And I think it's important that we remember that, again, four was kind of an arbitrary number because you had the C-Stick that could go in four directions and you had the D-Pad, which could go in four directions on the GameCube controller. And and I'm going to say, I'm going to say 80% there's more than four available because I feel like what you can do, like now that the button layout is so different is you can just like, you know, you could hold down a button and you could have like a wheel or something where you can flip through all your different visors. I mean, let's say you have like the, the X-ray, the regular visor, the scan, the combat visor, the like the echo visor. Like you could have like 10 visors and just flip through them on a wheel. And I think that you could do the same thing with beams as well. So, and I think it's, it's not even that difficult. Like we see first person shooters all the time have the ability to, you know, bring up a wheel and cycle through all of your different weapons. So I see no reason that Metroid Prime 4 should limit itself to, um, 
you know, to the to the same stagnant number of beams that the first couple Metro Prime games did. Because I mean, frankly, there's just no reason to. So I'm going to be high on this one. I'm going to say eighty percent. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I'm torn because honestly, I could see it going either direction. Like I think those are very compelling arguments that you bring up. I could also maybe see see them going in a direction where it's like, hey, instead of making a bunch of beams beams that um might or might not hit well, we could just focus on quality over quantity and have four awesome beams that we know are fantastic rather than, you know, eight to ten beams where maybe half or half of them are like, you know, really good player choices. And so I don't know. That's a that's a tough call. But you know, I think I think I'll join you. I think I'll bump that to a 51%. I'll, I'll put that just over a 50. Ooh. Just, I'll, I'll nudge it just over the 50-yard uh, line there. Okay, I like that. It, take it a stand. All right. I hope I hope that that comes true. I hope it does. Um, but I also could see, like, someone at Nintendo just being like, five beams? How could we do five? Four, you know what I mean? So, all right. Last Metroid Prime 4 question here, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. And you're going to like this one, and you can go first. Admiral Dane makes an appearance in Metroid Prime 4. Oh, oh, what a glorious day that would be. God, I hope so. That would be incredible. I I don't think so. I'm going to go probably a 20%. You don't. I don't think he's going to wow. show up. Which is Which is a shame, because our boy deserves to show up. Uh, I had to double check actually that he did not die in Metroid Prime Three. He's alive, so that's great. You know what? I so I feel like this is directly tied to the question that we were just at, talking about, like when Metroid Prime Four actually takes place in the timeline. I mean, I feel like if this if Metroid Prime Four takes place immediately after Metroid Prime Three, I like to me it doesn't make sense not to have Dane. I guess, I guess we don't know anything about the story, and, like, it's very possible that, like, I don't know, Samus lands on a planet, she's stuck there, and that's, you know, that's as good as we're gonna get. Um, but I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised to see Admiral Dane show up, and I think it would be weird if he didn't, if this takes place right after Corruption, but then I need to factor in my percentages on what I thought it, the game, so I think it's 75% likely the game takes place after Corruption, I think that it is, like, very likely that he shows up if it does. So I'm going to go 58% that uh, that Admiral Dane is, is showing up. 58. I, I like your optimism. I cannot match it, though. I mean, and another thing you got to remember, you know, um, you know, the galaxy is a very, very large place. You know, the Federation, you know, it's that not... Is true. It's not a small planetary army. It is a galaxy-spanning legion of ships. And so I don't think that they need to have Admiral Dane present at every location where the Federation has, you know, a massive galactic presence there. I don't think that that's necessarily a big story reason. Again, I hope so, because, you know, I love my boy. But, I mean, while, you know, for us Metroid fans, uh, or more specifically for us uh, Metroid memers out there, you know, we certainly... Love our Admiral Danes, but um, I think for that average player, he was just another NPC, and I don't think for most people that there's any big desire to have him return, which is a shame. Uh, you know, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I think that, from what I can tell, I think he was very well received in Metroid Prime 3, and like, I don't know, I, I think that there, he's like, 
maybe he's not like a fan favorite in the way that like uh i don't know like an anthony higgs i think is a fan favorite but like i i feel like i see the love for uh for our boy i don't know maybe that's just me um, I mean, right. I, I certainly see it in the Metroid community, but, like, I don't know how much outside of that community is, like, really desiring. Like, oh my gosh, yes, give me the uh, Galactic Federation captain in the weird green armor and the and the green crown. Give me that guy again, please, like. Uh, you know what? The percentage would be 100% if this guy had shown up with the peg leg and that awesome hook, like, hat thing that uh, the concept art had him. Oh, that, nah, as. nah, that looks so corny. I, I can't, cannot no! agree with that. No, that looks so, all right, let's just move on. Because uh, we'll never agree on this one. <laughs> um, okay, I I don't know, sometimes I get confused on if I, I know I asked this question on the Zelda cast, and if I asked this question last, Samus's percentages cut me off and we'll move on to the next one. But, assuming the Super Mario Brothers movie is a success, a movie or show based on the Metroid series will be made within the next five years. I'm so gonna assuming, say assuming. Okay. So 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 I'm you're saying that assuming that Super Mario Brothers or Super Super Chris Pratt, whatever you want to call it, assuming that is a big financial yes. success, both financially and yes. critically. Just that, financially. Okay, just just financially. Gotcha. That within five years from that, we will see either a Metroid film or a Metroid TV show. That is your question? You got it right. Zero percent chance. that is. Zero percent chance. I don't see that happening. Not in five years. Not in five years. A Zelda Zelda thing, maybe? Especially because, um, from what we... I don't don't know how much I believe it, but, um... Oh, uh, Adam... Adam Conover, I think his uh, name is. the The guy that used to host Adam ruins everything he i can't remember if he worked with netflix or if he was doing a collaboration with netflix but apparently he was talking about how there was some sort of zelda thing in development that got canceled or something i don't know i don't oh know whether or not God. i believe this, that this is like an urban legend and yeah yeah like definitely not true yeah I, I don't know if i believe that but like either, either way regardless of that is true or not i would imagine zelda would be next or one of the big things considered next before Metroid. I feel like Metroid would be at the bottom of the list. I feel like we get like a Zelda Splatoon or a Kirby before we get some sort of Metroid adaptation. Well, so for for context, there there's already a Kirby show. It's like an animated kids show. Yeah, right um, back so that at one you. already exists. Um I agree. I think that we would get Zelda first, but I like I think that we're going to get Zelda quickly like after Mario if that is a success. Um and I I think I so I I think that it's almost scary, and in fact I think they might have announced this already. But like I think there will for sure be a Donkey Kong movie um, that'll probably have Seth Rogen doing his thing, and I I could be wrong. They might have announced this already, but I'm not sure. So I think it's gonna go um, Mario, Donkey Kong, and then Zelda, and then we already have a Kirby show. We already have Pokemon. I I think that you make a good point about Splatoon. That could definitely be um, a movie that comes out. But I wouldn't say there's, like, an awful chance for Metroid. Am I going to go over 50? Definitely not. But I do think that it's something different. Something... I, I think it might be... I would rather a movie, but I think it might be a better show. Like, it, it might have a better time reaching its intended audience as a show. Um, I could see them doing something akin to, like, The Witcher or... I don't think they'd go, like, the animated Castlevania route, but, like, I could see they're doing something like The Witcher, where it's kind of like a Monster of the Week show, uh, slight overall overarching plot. I, I don't think it's impossible. 
I don't think it's super likely. I'm, I'm not like a black and white guy. I don't think I'm I'm ever going to give a zero or a hundred, but I, I think that I'm going to say like 15% chance because I don't, I don't think it's impossible. I, I think that, um, you know, I, I think that Metroid stock is, is on the rise and, uh, you know, what, what better time, if not now, then, then when, and maybe the answer is never, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm optimistic, but I, I'm going to say 15%. See, I would give like a 15% on, you know, if this would be a possibility in general, but within the next five years, if the Mario movie is a success, that's where I was, that's where I'm like, eh, I, I don't know about can I, that. Can I clarify one thing too? Cause I, I actually like, I'm, I'm, I should have clarified this. I'm not suggesting that the movie will be like out within the next five years, but they'll like announce that they're making it or they're gotcha. they'll announce that they're working on it. I, that, I, I should have clarified that. I'm sorry. That, uh, Okay, that does it. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a one percent chance instead of a zero percent chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you know how I just said that I'm not like a black and white kind of guy, and that I don't think I don't believe in zero percent or hundred percent. This next question might challenge that. Actually, here we go. And you answer first. The Metroid Mongo will be officially localized by Nintendo and brought over to North America at some point in existence. At so some there's point. no time frame on this. At some point, the Metroid Mongo will be localized and brought over to North America. Hmm. I'm going to say 0% chance on that one, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I don't see that happening, especially because it was already it was already niche in Japan as it is. You're going to take... Because uh, there, there's so many layers to it. Because like, Metroid is niche in Japan... But mangas are also very niche in America. Anime isn't isn't niche. Anime is, you know, very popular in America. But mangas, very niche. And so it's like, yeah, you have all these layers just, like, going against it. And on top of the fact that, like, I'm pretty sure most of the manga... The manga itself is not canon, but parts of it have been retroactively adapted into some of the games moving forward. And so I think we're just going to continue Loosely. seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say... Five percent. Even that sounds high. Um, I mean, they brought over the Ocarina of Time manga and like the all the, all the different Zelda mangas. I said Ocarina of Time because I'm literally looking at it right now. Um, I have Volume One, but uh, yeah, I, I think that what you just said rings true because like manga is big in Japan, but Metroid is not big in Japan. Metroid is bigger in North America, but manga isn't necessarily that huge in North America. So it doesn't seem like a recipe for success. Um, I can't imagine that the, the manga sold particularly well over there. Uh, so yeah, I, I just, I don't think that the chances are good. I think if this was like, let's just say like a, a regular old like graphic novel, um, that wasn't like a manga in style and tone and setting, I think the chances would be much higher because uh, I think history has kind of proven that the, the West is a little bit more passionate about Metroid than the East. But, uh, yeah, I think that the format kind of kind of dooms it, unfortunately. Yeah, I obscurity. think... Yeah, slightly off-topic, but not really. And I've talked about this on the Discord. What I, if we're getting, like, any kind of Metroid liter literature, like, what I really want is, like, one of those Star Wars-style, like, vehicle guides where it shows, like, all of the inner workings and the components of the vehicles, and it gives you all this ludicrous amount of, like, detail and lore about how it functions and all that, and I want one of those 
for like you know all the stuff in the metroid universe from the ships to the power suit to the weaponry and all that like oh my gosh i would just eat that up yeah i mean that would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool um i know that uh that isabel is passionate about samus and joey is that, is that what it is uh, we're gonna read that one day for an episode on this podcast but obviously not today but uh yeah, I don't think it's coming. There are uh, translations, though, on Metro Database, so that's kind of cool. You can check it out there if you want. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about Samus Returns. Had it released on the Switch instead of the 3DS, Samus Returns would have sold over 3 million copies. Can mm. I give a percentage on this? Yeah, you can go first 95%. 95%. I guarantee that if the exact same game had released on the Switch for more money, by the way, than the 3DS, it would have been the best-selling Metroid game at over 3 million copies. I think it would be sitting, like, near 5 million copies now, because we're talking, we're talking, you know, five years ago. Um, so I think that, that that was, like, such a colossal mistake to not release Samus Returns on, on the Switch. And it was a colossal mistake not to even announce it during that E3, but, like, what, like they just released it to die, and then they were shocked that it didn't do very well. Um, and it's funny, because I, I really, really believe that if this game would have released on Switch the exact same game, 3 million plus. Easy. So, uh, Easy. I, assume we're, I assume we're talking, like, lifetime sales, not, like, where... Lifetime, oh, lifetime sales, yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna echo those same sentiments uh, with a 95. percent Yeah, um, it was a mistake. Here's the thing. I understand why Nintendo made that mistake, because at the time, you know, the Switch was brand new. They, um, I figured internally they figured it would do better than the Wii U, but I mean, they wouldn't know just how successful the Switch would be until much later. And obviously, this came out like less than a year after the Switch was announced, and so they were, and they knew that the 3DS was a success at the time. So they said, you know what? We'll keep, you know, we'll, we'll set some some laurels here with the 3DS. You know, part of it was Metroid. There was Hey Pikmin. There was uh, one of the uh, Mario and Luigi remakes. I think there was a Fire Emblem remake as well that year. And so, you know, you had a fairly balanced uh, lineup between the Switch and 3DS that year. But, I mean, unfortunately, you know, the Switch hype just, it was instant. The second that thing came out, and I mean, it was, it was largely due to Breath of the Wild. Like, Breath of the Wild really... I feel like is responsible for carrying the switch to where it is today. At least that was like the foundation that started it. And, you know, just instantly when that thing came out, it just took completely took over the conversation. And like every, every person who had any mild interest in the 3ds just pretty much dropped off at that point. And, you know, the Metroid curse, it stuck its head out once again. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to push back again. Like, and just, there's evidence to suggest that Nintendo, like, when when they're at the end of their console lifespan, I think the theory is always like, oh, well, we we have, like, all these consoles or whatever sold, so, like, if we release the game, even though we have a new console that's either already out or imminently coming out, like, people will buy a lot of it. Um, and I think that that is true on, like, PlayStation and Xbox, but, like, there is so much evidence to suggest that, like, that is just not true with Nintendo products. Like, I mean, nobody bought any Wii games after, like, the year 2010, right? Like, yeah. Like, anything that came out in 2011, like, forget about it. You had 100 million Wiis out there. Um, same thing with the N64 in the last days of that. Same thing 
with the last days of the SNES, like Donkey Kong Country 3 came out and Super Mario RPG came out right when the N64 were coming out, and those didn't do particularly well. Um, I mean, like, even maybe a bad example because the Wii U was such a bomb, but, like, even, like, Breath of the Wild, like, you'd think that if you owned a Wii U, you'd probably want to get this Breath of the Wild game, but it's, it's, it's sitting at, like, 1 million copies sold on Wii U, and this game sold, like, 25 million copies. So... I just say it was such a bad, it was such a bad move to put that game on the 3DS, which clearly was, you know, just on on the way out and on the way down. Well, I'm not, I'm not, not saying, yeah, I'm not saying it too. was a, I'm not saying it was a good decision because, like, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, hey, you know, Nintendo, you have a pattern with this. You know, you should learn from yeah. this eventually. Like, the, like at the very least, like. You know, because I remember Fire Emblem Warriors, like, that was co-developed for both 3DS and Switch. Like, if they did that with, like, you know, a few of those 3DS games, like Samus Returns, like, I feel like that would make more sense. Even if it meant that it came out, like, a year later instead of, or even two years totally. later, frankly. Then yeah. um, I, I think that would be a, wor a worthy investment, but, I mean, you know. Unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, hopefully, we'll get a Samus Returns HD port someday. I'm not sure... What the light? I don't. I, maybe that's a maybe that's a question that's coming up, and I can answer that. Who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, I again, I'm kind of having a sense of deja vu. I don't know if I asked you point blank this on the last Samus percentage or if we've just talked about it, but here we go. A Metroid Fusion remake will release before Metroid Six. Have we talked about this before? We definitely talked about this. I remember. I feel I was, like we did too. Yeah. Okay, let's skip this one then. Um, sorry, I thought I deleted all the other ones that we did before. Um, okay. Well, how about this? Let's go back to Metroid Prime 4. If Metroid Prime 4 features multiplayer, the six characters from Metroid Prime Hunters will be playable even if they are just non-story bonus characters. Hmm, I'm going to say 5% on this one. I'm going to say 5 I feel like if we ever see them You're again... Low. okay. I feel like if we ever see these guys again, it's going to be specifically in either a Hunter sequel or... If they play some sort of role in either this story or a future Metroid Prime story, which is not impossible, they—I mean—they brought Silex back. Well, at least we assume they're bringing him back. So I mean, it's not impossible, but I'm gonna say pretty unlikely for. Are, or actually, you know, I, I should clarify: Are you saying all six, or at least one of the additional six, I'm not including Silex? All six. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. So, so I'm my gonna keep thought, that at a five. My thought was then. this. Okay. My thought was this. If Metroid Prime 4 features multiplayer, which is frankly a big if, I, I actually, that's almost a Samus's percentage question right there, and I wouldn't rate that very highly. But if it does, I feel like um, the last time that we saw a Metroid Prime game feature multiplayer on console was Metroid Prime 2, and you just had, like, Samus versus Samus versus Samus, versus, and it was just like, this sucks. And uh, I think that at what you could maybe do, even if it, like, it has no bearing on the story of, of Metroid Prime 4. And they're just there, like, basically it's fan service. But you could say, like, okay, instead of picking, like, you know, the green version of Samus or the pink version of Samus, like, let's, we, we could pick, like, uh, Silex, or we can pick uh, Spire, or we could pick uh, Weevil, or you know, whatever, right? Like, I, I think I'm with you. I'm pretty low on that happening. But because I'm also kind of low on the idea that Metroid Prime 4 will have multiplayer... I'm not as low. I'm going to say 15% because I think if it does feature multiplayer, like the question is like, who are you going to play as? Right. And I think that you need more than a bunch of different Samuses to play. So that's why I'm, I'm not going as low as you. 
Well, we're assuming if, if the game does have multiplayer, we're also assuming that it's going if. to play fairly similar and be like you know kind of like arena style, like early two thousands kind of multiplayer. I'm not necessarily sure if that's the direction they'll go. They could go that direction, but I think there's a few other directions that could go in that as well, and possibly even um, an asymmetrical type of multiplayer mode, even which I think could be really interesting. But you know, maybe that—that's. I feel like we could go into that for its own episode. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, what we could definitely go into right now is talk about a game that never existed. So let's go. If Metroid sixty four had been a real game, the Metroid Prime concept as we know it never exists. So, to add context to that, so Metroid 64 was a rumored 3D action game. Uh, it would have been exactly what you'd think a you know a 3D Metroid would have been at that time. It would have been third person. It would have been an adventure style, kind of, kind of like the Castlevania games on the N64, I would imagine. Um... And I think, I'm actually pretty high on this. I think that if we had got that, I don't know if they ever come up with the idea for a first-person Metroid game. I don't I don't know if we do. I'm going to go 60% on that. Because I, I think that if you had had that, let me let me rephrase that. If you had not had that, that time period where it's just like, I can't figure out how to make 2D Metroid work in a 3D environment i i know i'm not sure that they would have ever just been like gotten really creative and really crazy and been like let's make it a first person shooter so i i don't think that would have ever happened um and actually on that note even if metroid 64 had been a 2d game i don't think they would have got there either because i think they might have just been like okay well let's just keep making 2d games then because we know that it works and like people like them and whatever so i'm i'm actually gonna buff that up to 70 percent now that i say that What's yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna fairly agree with your sentiments. Actually, the only reason I'm not going 100 percent is just because obviously we do not live in this timeline, and and personally, thankfully we don't live in that timeline because Metroid Prime is wonderful, and I'm glad we have that. But, um, yeah, I have to agree because I don't think. First off, if um, you know, we if we got Metroid 64 and it did good enough. I don't think we'd be seeing Metroid handed off to Retro Studios in the first place. The entire reason that was handed I off agree. was because yes. the whole reason that was handed off to American developers because Nintendo noticed, well, one, this is particularly appearing to people in North America and Europe, um, and so they wanted, so they wanted to have a more Americanized studio working on it, and two, they wanted to take a gamble on it because they knew that whatever they were doing, like while it was received well critically, it just wasn't selling, and so they just were just like you know what, throw a dart on the dartboard, we're going to try something completely different and just hope for the best. And, um, you know, if Metroid 64 was good enough, I don't think they would have taken that gamble. And I think that gamble alone could be the butterfly effect that just completely changes the course of Metroid history as we know it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, what was your percentage for that, too? Oh, I didn't give... Did you um, sign one? Yeah, uh, 85. I'm going to go 85 on that. Again, only reason I, I'm not going 100 is because we don't live in that timeline. We'll never know for sure, but I feel fairly I think confident. I'm going to match you. Yeah, I, I after what you said, I think I'm going to match you at 85%. I, the more the more we talk about it, the more convinced I am that if if it had happened on the N64, we never would have got Metroid Prime. Yeah. Um, okay, you knew that this game was coming up at some point. Metroid Other M remains the series' most controversial game forever. Forever. Uh, 100%. I think you could argue... 100%. Well, I, 
Assuming, I here's the thing. I think you could argue that Federation Force might give it a run for its money, but I think that the only thing that could dethrone it is Metroid Prime 4. So, so here's, so here's what I will say. And I, and actually, I'm going to, I'm actually going to change my ranking. I'm going to go to a, I'm going to go to a 90%. And the only reason why is because obviously there, like you, like you just mentioned, there are going to be more Metroid games that come out in our lifetime. And so there are more potential for civil war disasters in the, uh, in the Metroid universe that divides the fandom. That being said though, as it stands currently, I mean, Metroid Other M is about to turn 12 years old and to this game not even not even federation force even comes close to the amount of controversy because that other end has because most people even though i don't personally share this opinion federation force is my least favorite game regardless but in the eyes of most people federation force is a decent game that released in the wrong time that's the opinion i feel like of most people and in fact recently you know i've been seeing more and more people warm up to the game which even though I don't like the game, I, I think I would say it's a below-average game released at the wrong time. Yeah, exactly. Ex- exactly. I'm to me, it's like a five-dollar eShop title with Metroid slapped on it. But you know, I'm happy for the people that do enjoy, even if I don't share those sentiments. I think the more people that enjoy games, you know, the better for everyone personally. But I mean, the discourse for other M. Well, obviously, it's nowhere near at like where it was at its peak. You know, during you know the dark era, it were. You know, we didn't even have Samus Returns released, and so that's all we had to fall back on. I mean, to this day, like, at least once a year, I will see, like, this major, like, uh, crap storm on, like, various social media places, you know, of people just arguing about this game and just putting, you know, all their effort into it. And it's like, listen, I don't like Other M, but, like, I can't imagine, like, putting that much of myself like into that argument you know what i mean but a lot of people still do though and i haven't really seen that with any sort of other game not even federation force and so that's why i'm gonna stick with my 85 for now but again there's going to be more titles that come out in the future there's certainly a possibility that there could be another topper yep i i think i think that as it currently stands obviously federation force is it might give it a run for its money but it's no other m and so I think that Other M is clearly the most controversial Metroid game that exists right now. But I, I think that there could be some real, like, challenge from Metroid Prime 4 if this game does not turn out to be the game that we hope that it will be. And and I think that the, I think that Metroid Prime 4 is going to be awesome. Um, you know, I trust Retro. Their track record is awesome. They, they've never made a bad game. Yeah, exactly. So Every, I, I feel pretty good. Their worst game is like an 8 out of 10. Like, at the absolute lowest, in my opinion. <laughs> But, but, if they release a stinker of a game, and it's, like, the story is bad, the game is bad, and then you factor in the excruciating weight for that game, and there's no payoff to that, I think that could give Other M a run for its money, if it was, like, that bad. Uh, I, I don't I, think I don't it'll just... be that bad. Yeah, I, I don't disagree but. with that um with that theory. With all the anticipation and the waiting, if it turned out that bad, yeah, I could definitely see a rivaling other M. But I mean, like well, you I, said, I think that the story would also have to be like really bad. Too. I think that I think that everything would basically have to go wrong. Like the story would be awful, the gameplay would be awful, the performance would be awful. Um, and I I don't I think I just trust Retro Studios enough to like not do that so i yeah. i think that 
Basically, you know I mean? they there, would have there's to release obviously a lot of Metroid games that are going to be coming out, but I, I think I, I think I would say like eighty percent confidence that Other M is going to exist on its own in a, in terms of controversy within this series. They would have to release the uh, the first build of the game that was uh, scrapped for this to happen. I feel like. Well, and I mean, like, it's not impossible. Like, we just, I mean, you guys are more Halo fans than I am, but, like, from from everything I've seen, like, Halo Infinite is terrible. And, like, just not not a very well-made game. And I think that that will be... Halo Infinite is different. Halo Infinite is different, in my opinion. Because, like, Other M, like, you know, it's not a buggy, it's not a buggy game. It's mostly just the controls that are wonky, and obviously the story, I mean, we could go on, I mean, there's been literally two whole episodes dedicated to the story. I actually think it's a story that's the controversial part. I don't think (laughs) controls have anything to do with it, so. Like, Halo Infinite, like. They they do a little bit, but not not much. I think it's a story that makes that game so reviled, but. Like, uh, with Halo Infinite, like, the thing with that game is it's more just, like, the game feels like it's held together with duct tape. Like, I, like, I feel like my Xbox is going to explode every time I load that game in. And then on top of that, there's just, like, a bunch of, like, lacking content features that were, like, mainstays in, like, you know, the, you know, ever since, like, Halo 2, even, that just aren't in Halo Infinite, and, you know, you know, it's the classic, oh, you know what, release the game, and it's, in its um, broken state or unfinished state, and then we'll slowly patch it in later. You know, the live service model that, you know, I'm not a big fan of. Wait, which is a horrible business practice. Yeah. That's just, you know, say what you will about Nintendo, but they release, generally speaking, quality finished products. Yeah, sports, Although I think that sports that titles aside. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so anyway, last thing I want to say before we move on about this is like, I think that, I actually think that if they released, let's say Metroid Prime 5 and that game really sucked, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be a contender. But if they release Metro Prime 4 after all these years of waiting and the restarted development, and like, and like I think that if it was just like god awful, it could contend with with other M. And you know, there there's always going to be games that come out in the future that maybe the story is just completely tone deaf and wrong and whatever. And uh, but yeah, I, I think that other M. I think other M is probably pretty secure in that position. So I'm yeah, I'm going 85. percent yeah, not many other titles have, like, a legendary status of being so divisive. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it's divisiveness. I think, like, everyone, almost everybody rejected that game. So, uh, all right, let's talk about a game that nobody rejected, actually. Um, here we go. We will see Metroid Prime Pinball eventually get ported to a console or phone or something. Oh, I want it so bad, but I have to give it a 5% chance. I want... Oh my gosh, how amazing would it be if, like, as a free bonus with uh, the Prime Remaster, we got, like, uh, a Prime That's kind of what I was thinking. That would be... That would be so high. That's why I'm going 10%, because I I think that if they added that to, like... Because, like, to me, if if it's just Metroid Prime, and it's like, yeah, dual analog, and, like, yeah, some of the textures look a little bit nicer... I'm, I'm, you know, that's to me just like, ah, geez, that's expensive for like, you know, a full, cause it's going to be full price. But if they threw in something like, like Metroid Prime pinball is like a little carrot or something like that to hold us over. I, I think I would be a sucker enough to be like, okay, I like that. Great. I would unironically lose my mind. Whether whether it's whether it comes with Prime Remaster or not, if they if they actually ported Prime Pinball, I would actually like lose my mind. I would scream so loud if they actually did that. Well, but I, I just I, I don't see it happening. The title didn't sell well at all. Um, it's a very like it's a niche it's was. a niche it's a niche spinoff in a niche series like. 
But the mistake was that it was a full-price 3DS game, or a DS game, rather. Like, this thing should have been, like, five bucks to buy, and it should have been a mobile game when Nintendo was really big in mobile a, a couple years ago. And, and it, I bet you it would have done quite well if that was the case. And, and even if they even if they re-released it a couple years ago when, like, you know, we were getting Animal Crossing and Pikmin and Fire Emblem and, like, all these all these Nintendo mobile games, if they would have released Metro Prime Pinball, I think it would have done quite well I'm gonna on pitch, mobile. I'm going to pitch something to you. Um, check this out. Imagine oh, one of those uh, free Switch online multiplayer titles like the Tetris 99, Pac-Man 99, Metroid Prime Pinball, Battle Royale 99. All these pinball tables uh, battling out together. You get these power-ups that can mess with the other players' pinball tables. And you're just trying to, like, you're just trying to survive. You don't want to lose all your lives. And um, you're just, it's a it's a fight to the death. And then the last one standing that, that is fun. the winner. <laughs> it's it's so, it's, it's a perfect, right? It's perfect. But, but you know what? <laughs> like, I think it's going to be, if, if it ever happens, it's a, to reiterate, I'm going to say 10%. But if it ever happens, it's going to be in a scenario like that, where it's like a free online game, or like it's packaged with Metroid Prime, or like they release it for two bucks on on the Google Play Store or something like that, right? Like, yeah, it's it never going to be a standalone like release. No, no. I hope that happens. I think that would be great. That I, I would be See. super hype. I'm 100 down. Nintendo, if you're listening, you're not. But if you are listening, just do it. Um. Okay, I have four more left. We'll see how long we take here and if we can get to them all. If we can't, that's fine. Um, let's talk about Metro Dread, which we've avoided this whole show. After the success of Metro Dread, Nintendo now views the Metroid series as a more valuable franchise and will continue to invest in advertising for it. Oh, 100% easily. I mean, it's the best-selling Metroid game of all time. It did that in literally less than a year. Um, I obviously I understand there's some you know some different some differentiating factors. Obviously, the Switch is a much bigger platform than the GameCube, but I mean, I mean the series has been seeing nothing but decline after decline. That's the thing. Like it's not like it's not like it's been able to maintain that trajectory ever since that first Prime game. It's gone completely down, and this is the first time where it's finally shot back up above the threshold. And it's going to continue doing so. I don't know if it's going to have the legs to do it like in a massive degree, but I mean. It already passed the bars it is, and so I think at the very least Nintendo is going to be paying attention to this series, and I think they're looking at the possibility of expanding it in the future. I'm going to say eighty percent because I think that obviously the success of Dread speaks for itself. We talked about it a lot when the sales figures were released. Part of me is a little bit worried that Nintendo is going to be like, "Oh, it didn't sell three million in its first whatever how many couple months that was," and. I, I guess part of me is always just worried that, like, Nintendo's like, oh, well, this series should be doing better, and they don't understand why it's not. I think that they got it with the marketing of Metroid Dread, so I do have hope that they continue to do so with, like, subsequent Metroid games. But I, I guess my worry, or my concern, why I'm not saying 100, is that I just, I wonder if Nintendo realizes that, like, Doing it for one game isn't enough. Like, you have to do it for, for every game. And, like, you have to sustain that for every game. Even if there's a few, like, flops along the way. Like, not not every series is going to be Splatoon, where it's, like, a, a massive mega hit after the first game. And, like, it feels like a franchise that's been around for forever after that. Um, I, think, I think that they just have to realize, like, we need to keep investing in this and keep building it. Because they're certainly not there yet. And they're 
I think they're on the right track, and I think that they know that they're on the right track, but I just, I, my only worry would be that they're impatient, I guess. Well, here's, I don't know. We'll, so, we'll see. so here's what I will, will say to that, and, um, because I, I do, I do agree, you know, Nintendo, they definitely look at Metroid differently than they look at their other series, and I, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but even after Dread, I'm not sure if they fully get it why metroid appeals to people in the way that it does like they know they know that they have gold on their hands like they know that they have gold but they don't understand fully like how to get that gold across to other people like what is it about the consumer base that's liking the title that we also like about it there that's that's where i feel like they're starting to like connect those dots but i don't think they're fully there yet and i definitely think that there's room for that to fall apart but what I will say is that you look at some of the other um, titles that Nintendo considers massive financial successes, like um, the Xenoblade series, which is, by all means, an incredible success story. You know, the first Xenoblade game was originally a Japanese exclusive title, and then there was this big online marketing campaign to get that, and uh, two other titles, I believe Operation Rainfall was the name of it. Um, someone in the comments can correct me if I'm wrong. That, that, and, that is um, correct, yeah. Yeah, and then um, all those titles got localized, and, you know, Xenoblade, you know, it became this really big niche hit, and ever since then, you know, you know, it's come to Switch now, and it's done better and better. The highest-selling Xenoblade title, I believe so far, is Chronicles 2, which sits at about 2 million copies. Which, I mean, which again, like, that's a huge success for that game. It literally went from 0 to 2 million. That is insanity metroid is already at that 3 million threshold 2.9 technically but i mean it, it's 3 million and you know what the difference is though is that nintendo understands that series ex- exactly that's, that's the difference yeah exactly but i'm but what i'm saying though is that there's other there's other series that are still able to meet these thresholds and so i think now with metroid being able to hit this threshold i do again it could it could fall apart but there is precedent there that this could lead to a bigger marketing push and to lead them to finding ways to further expand that franchise to new people. All right, we got three left. Let's power through them here, Doom. Uh, let's, let's do this rapid fire. If Microsoft ever makes a Smash-style fighting game, Samus will appear as a playable fighter. Zero, not happening. God, you are so black and white. You have you got to allow for the chance of possibility. You can't just say zero. I'm going to say... 20% and I'm going to back that up with science. So there are two Microsoft characters available in Super Smash Bros Ultimate and if Microsoft ever dipped their toes and made a game which by the way if you're a member of Patreon, you've heard my roster that uh, that I pitched on the Spiteri show for a Microsoft fighting game. But like I I think that, you know, because they've lent two of their characters to Nintendo, it wouldn't be impossible to say like, all right, like can we have a character for our game? And I think that like, they're not going to get Mario. They're probably not going to get Link. So who else do you want to take? I think that, like, a, I think there are almost more Metroid fans that own Xboxes than there are Metroid fans that own Switches, it seems like, at times. So, like, I think that Samus would be, like, a very natural fit because she's a big name. She kind of fits the the mold of, of the, you know, the kind of hero that uh, typically is on the Xbox. I'm not going to say it's, like, a, a big percentage. I'll say 10%. I'm not going to say 0% either. Andy, how many Nintendo games can you currently play on Xbox? It wouldn't be a Nintendo game. How many? It'd be a, it'd be a Microsoft game. Well, well, it's, well, I'm I'm doing 
I'm doing direct comparisons about how Nintendo and Microsoft do deals, though. So I, I, I guess what I'm getting at, typically in Nintendo's partnerships with Microsoft, what we've seen is Microsoft promoting their IP on Nintendo's platform. And that seems to be like how the beneficiary of all these deals have gone, whether it be Microsoft-owned characters appearing in Smash, whether it be Ori or Cuphead um, or uh, the Banjo games, uh, you know, coming to Nintendo Switch. It's been Microsoft promoting the IP that they own on Nintendo's platform and not so much the other way around. Could this change in the future? Absolutely. I mean, you know, leadership is going to, is you know, constantly going to change as, you know, the company continues to move forward. And maybe, you know, there's a leadership change where they, where they decide to take a risk and, you know, um, you know, um, not not outsource, but uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word. Allow Microsoft to promote Nintendo's IP on their console. I mean, is that a possibility? Sure. I do not see that happening just because that precedent has yet to be set, as far as I understand. Because even like even like Soul Calibur two, like you can only play as Link on the GameCube version. Like even even if you go on stuff like that, or in a Rocket League where they have the Mario and Samus themed cars, even though that game is cross play. Those skins will only show up in the Nintendo Switch version. Um, for all the other players, those will just look like regular cars. And obviously, Nintendo is the only company out of the big three that don't have a skin in Fortnite. You know, Sony, Microsoft, they got you know they got their mascots in there, but there's no sign of Nintendo. I don't see that happening. Um, and if it did, it wouldn't be for a long time. I think. I'm gonna. You know what? To to use your logic against you, Mister Crossing. What if this hypothetical Smash-style game was released on the Xbox and the Switch, and then Samus was kind of a bonus Switch character? I could see that happening. I could see that happening. You know what? I'll... The chances are low. The chances are low. We're, we're, re- <laughs> we're really, <laughs> we're really pushing we're really pushing this scenario right here, but in that scenario, I, I could see that being a possibility. You will, you will once again uh, gravitate me from a 0 to a 1%. All right, I just I don't want to hear zeros anymore. I want <laughs> I want the possibility. I like being I definitive. I want to know the possibility exists. I like being definitive. <laughs> well, we might as well instead of calling this Samus's percentages, we might as well just call it Samus's yes or no percentages, chances, ability. Let's move on um, to <laughs> to another. Uh, I think that this one's actually kind of likely. Here we go. Metroid will eventually receive its own warrior style spinoff. I, I don't know how I feel about this. Because, like, obviously we know that Zelda has it. We know that uh, that Fire Emblem has it. Those series are feel kind of a little bit more tailor-made to the Warriors-style gameplay than maybe a Metroid would. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, I could see it. Like, obviously, uh, obviously Nintendo and, and uh, Kui Temko have, like, a pretty decent working relationship. And I could see... Them potentially expanding that relationship is a Warriors. Is that going to fit Samus and Metroid? Yeah, maybe not. But conceptually, I could see it being like kind of cool, blasting away a bunch of like gamers or or Rios or something like that. Um, bunch of different playable characters. I, I think it could be cool. I don't know how like I said I could see it happening. I guess what I meant to say is I could see the concept in my head. I don't know if I could actually see it happening. I would say again, pretty low. Um, maybe like. 10%. But, uh, you know, I also, I mean, I never thought that we'd get Fire Emblem Warriors, and I 
definitely never thought that we'd get a second Fire Emblem Warriors, so I, I've been wrong about this before. All this Warriors stuff, so I, I'm not going to say zero. So, Damn it, I hope you don't say zero either. So before I even get into my percentage, I uh, I need to deliver a bit of a hot take, but I hate the Warriors game so much. And and, I, and it sucks, because I, I want to like them, because like... Because, like, the concepts, it looks so cool, but just in practice, it's just so I, much... I don't think that's a hot take. I think uh, that's a pretty, like, accepted take. Like, I, I actually... Like, I like Age of Calamity, but other than that, I can't stand, like, the... What are those called? Those types of games? The the Musou-style games, Me, yeah. Musou, yeah. Well, I think they're, they're kind of lame. Well, because, like, Age of Calamity, like, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this looks awesome a kind of prequel to breath of the wild obviously we know it's not not really a prequel but kind of a what if scenario now but like at the time it was like oh it's a prequel to breath of the wild that shows like how all of this happened in the first place that looks awesome and it's you know it's being depicted with like these large military battles like it's so perfect for telling this kind of story and i wanted i really wanted to like it because the concept was so cool and that i played the game and i just i could not get into well, I, I played the demo specifically I, I haven't bought the game but i just I really, I really gave it a chance, and I wanted to try it, but I just, it that type of that type of genre is just not for me. I need, I just, I need a little bit more thought going into my gameplay than just what. And I, and I know that like if you're really into the genre, like it, you know, there's more than just mindless button mashing. But it really, it really just feels like just I, super. I'm actually going to add in too, like Age of Calamity is far more like tactical than like the first Hyrule Warriors. The first Hyrule Warriors was like literally a button mashing fest and I was just like this sucks. Um so and, and I think I I think that you're not alone in that. And I I think I would also count myself in amongst your ranks as well to be honest. But anyways, going on to my percentage, um I'm going to give this um you know, I'll I'll give it a 2%. Ooh, we're we're getting some character development going past the one, but uh in, in, all, in all seriousness though, I just don't see this so happening. Character development. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sorry, come on. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't I don't see it happening. I don't see the the audience that appeals to um the warriors and the muso genres, I feel like is a I feel like there's not much of a Venn diagram intersection between them and the Metroid audience. The aesthetics don't really like because like Zelda in like Fire Emblem like even besides the swords you know you have like a lot of like medieval kind of aesthetics and so that kind of blends in with the whole um, with the whole Warriors thing whereas Metroid is like a, a sci-fi fantasy action adventure and so is it is it impossible absolutely not but I just I, I don't see I, I, like why that that's my biggest question like for why. Well, I, I mean, you could say that about any game or like any spinoff, right? Like, why would you make a Cadence of Hyrule or why would you... Why would you make Metroid Prime Federation I mean? Force? <laughs> why would you make Mario Rabbits? And sometimes you get a Mario Rabbits where it's just like, actually, this is awesome. And sometimes you get a Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And it's like, didn't I just play this game, but Three Houses? Like, and that's, that's not fair because I, I have no idea if Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is supposed to be good or not, but it just looks... Doesn't look like it's for me, but I agree with what you're saying. I think that this could act like I think that conceptually it actually could be kind of fun. Like you could do something a little bit different and like have like guns and lasers and stuff, and that could be a little bit more engaged. I mean, I, I don't know. I think that uh, I think that the Warriors partnership with Nintendo will probably continue, but I think I think like you know what I could see ahead of as like the next franchise to get a Warriors game is like Xenoblade actually. I, like, that would kind of fit that that mold, I think. 
Yeah, I could definitely see Sci-fi, swords, like mechs. Yeah, I I could definitely see Xenoblade for sure. Um, Okay, last one here. And then we will uh, wrap her up. And I'm going to have to separate what I want versus what I think will happen. And you can go first. We will meet and learn. Actually, let me reword that. We will learn about the origins of Ridley's species in a future game. gonna say 10 percent. actually you know what actually hold up hold up actually go a bit higher than that actually now that i think about it okay so okay so so to give some context when i when i when i blurted out 10 percent there i was thinking like we'll learn about his species as like a giant plot point in the game or some something that's fairly substantial that we see in like a cutscene or something like that and in that case, I'm I'm would put that fairly low, but that's not the only way we would have that we would have to learn. As uh, you know, in Metroid Prime, you know we have tons of in-game lore that we get that we get access to by scanning panels, and Metroid Prime Four, maybe a future Metroid game that has the scanning feature. I don't think it's too far out of the possibility that there's like a small bit of flavor tech that gives some more background on Ridley in that department. So I'm actually going to bump that up to a 30% chance. You know, that's kind of where I was sitting too, except what I was thinking was like, like it's a focal point of the game or like there's, there's like dedicated, you know how like there's the Chozo lore in Metroid prime that kind of details how the Metroid prime came to Talon four and, how Samus is the last hope. I, I was thinking that there could be like something that like specifically explains like where Ridley came from. In, in my dream scenario, actually, I like I would love to go to a planet and and see like Ridley's species on that planet or something like that. And maybe there's like a new Ridley. Because like I, I just I think I'm kind of over like Ridley coming back and and whatever. Like he's been resurrected so many times now, it's just a joke. Um, but if you were to introduce a, a new member of his species as like a new antagonist or like, maybe it's more than, more than one, maybe it's a couple, maybe Ridley has kids, who knows, right? Like (laughs) the um, Ridley, uh, the Ridley cinematic universe. Yeah. But like, I, I think that that would be kind of cool to like learn more about where Ridley came from, learn about his species. Is there other species like him out there? Like imagine that could be a focal point of a prime game. Like, you know, oh, our, our best warrior ever, our general is dead. We have to go replace him. And we like, what better way to do that than the, than the planet where Ridley originally came from. So I, I think that that could be like a really cool, compelling story. Now that's what I want. What I, what, what do I think will happen? Yeah. I think in, I'm thinking about 30% sounds, sounds about right. I'm not like holding my breath. I don't think it's impossible. I think that they, could maybe should do that but uh i wouldn't you know i wouldn't bet on it either so this idea of a ridley planet got me uh or like a ridley species i guess got me thinking of like kind of a what if scenario and i don't i don't know i don't know if like other people might find it controversial or not but like what if like we actually got the ridley species but like they weren't all necessarily antagonists because if you think about it if you think about it, I think that would be super interesting if we, like, found Ridley's species and then we found out that maybe Ridley was, like, an outcast or something like that. Or if, like, you know, the population of Ridley, so to speak, you know, was, you know, diverse in their thought processes, like any other species. You know, we have, 
you know, we have really cool people and we have uh, some not so cool people in the real world. I feel like that would apply to other intelligent species as well. And we know Ridley, you know, is, you know, part of a very intelligent species that, you know, is able to think with that kind of capacity at bare minimum. And so I don't know. I, I think that could be a potentially really interesting uh, thing to explore, but I'm not sure if other people would uh, agree with that or not and just want to shoot the big uh, space monster. Well, I mean, I think you could do both. Like, I think I think that you could, you know, have a showdown with the big space monster, but make it mean even more because now the big space monster has backstory, motivations, insight, uh, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I would I would like to see that happen, but I don't I don't know that it will. But I think that that could be a very good like I think the storyline of like the space pirates, what's left of the space pirates is desperately looking for, you know, a replacement for Ridley. And uh, I think that could be cool. But uh, yeah, 30% I think is as high as I can go. So there it is. All right. That is the last uh, Samus's percentages that I have. So that's it. That's all. We're done. Go us. Um, we did it. Doom. <laughs> Doom. You gave a couple zeros, but uh, at least I can, at least I knew I could take souls with the fact that I talked you up to a couple 1%. So I'm going to. I'm gonna take that as W. So uh, and good a show, buddy, and a single two percent as well. Again, character development. Yes, yes. I forgot about the the two. The two was was the biggest uh, was the biggest victory of the show, actually. So, uh, all right. Well, we are going to get out of here. We've uh, we've ran a little bit long, but that's okay. We were having fun. Uh, we want to encourage you guys to check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spatary three sixteen. Doom is at Doom Crossing, and we are at Omega Metroid Pod. Check out the website. Uh, there's tons of content there, walkthroughs, maps, you name it, we got it. And uh, make sure that you're checking us out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, until next week, everybody, take care and we'll see you then. <laughs>